What up, everybody? We are back, Oasis Podcast, and I know last time I said I maybe was going to change, but so far, no change. <laughs> Sticking with the present. Maybe in the new year. That'll be my New Year's oh, resolution. there you go. New podcast. New year, new me. Yeah. New podcast <laughs> intro. <laughs> and so it's Brennan, and then I got to my right. Jaina. And then to my left. Nathan. And so Nathan's back. Uh, ben had something going on, and so he's just going to fill in, and that's awesome. We're so glad to have him. And we're having this topic that's worship as a way of life. But before we get there, i got to ask you, what is a really simple, straightforward, easy-to-answer question? If you had to summarize all of life in one word, what word would you use? I would use the word life. It just sums it up in a perfect bow. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. Gets you the can't point use across. the word to describe itself. Yeah, I feel like that's a, that's a law of physics. Just okay, then how about the word wild? Oh, I'll just okay, say wild. Okay. Like the book or the movie? Neither. Do you get the joke, though? Yes, I do get uh, the joke. Do you get the, no. Oh, I don't get it. come on, Jaina. What book and movie are you talking about? It's like that really famous white girl book called Wild, oh. where she takes that trip, and then there's the book and right. the movie, and people are like, I'm a book girl. <laughs> okay, I was thinking Call of the Wild. Oh, there so you I go. Was, I wasn't even tracking with you on the joke. So maybe it said something Just about you. me that I was thinking about the girl book Wild. There you go. I haven't read it or watched the movie. So. Well, you should read it. It's part of our culture. <laughs> okay, I'll get it right on that. <laughs> Jane, if you had to summarize um, all of life in one word. I think I would pick the word long. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> no, I... Th- Beat, boop. Ah, eat. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the first word that came to mind was joy. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. How sweet. Sentimental. Uh, mm. <laughs> I would say maybe uh, worship. Oh, look oh. at that. Oh, wow. Huh. It's almost like but I I'm knew s- we were talking about... Uh, <laughs> you're the worst <laughs> no but here, here's the thing when we summarize life in, in one word that's an impossible thing to do yeah. so i applaud you guys your your efforts um but here's the thing when it comes to christian life we should describe life as some form of mm-hmm. worship because our entire lives should ascribe worth to god and so let's do this definition thing that we like to typically do and so we can kind of popcorn around but yeah. what's the definition of what worship is so the Oxford Dictionary, it says, the feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for a deity. So there, there's pretty straightforward from a cultural view. Oxford. Yeah. And then the pastor, Timothy Keller, um, has this definition that he gives that he says, worship is an act of ascribing ultimate value to something or someone in a way that engages your entire being. Which if I'm going to be biased, I'm much more like the second option <laughs> than the first. Yeah. Because he does, he does something really cool in there that answers this question, but isn't worship just singing on Sundays? Like, isn't that just, I mean, I've come to church, I worship, I sing the songs, and I leave. Is singing on Sunday the only way we can glorify God? Oof, I don't know. Am I qualified to answer that? Throw back a question with a question. <laughs> I love it. No. <laughs> no, Nathan, that would be not the only way. So what do you mean? So if you're you're thinking about what worship is, it goes so much beyond. If we're thinking of it's an act that ascribes value to someone or something, yes, singing and musical worship is a great way to do that. Um, also, we can give God honor and glory through the prayer, um, through studying His Word, through fellowship and spending time with other Christian believers, through the sacraments and engaging um, with the story of God. That gives god honor and glory which is worship Mm -hmm. that's good yeah and i hope that you notice that oasis we often use the word worship to describe more than just music Mm -hmm. like the church has come to say 
call that musical time worship, but we recognize it's way more and we try to use that language. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. yeah I've only been going to <clears throat> Oasis for a couple months now. And I love how you guys, one of the things that you do is like Jaina always uses the language of let's continue to worship. Mm-hmm. Like after um, Ben or Brennan's done preaching, she goes and she leads the last song, but it's, join me as we continue to worship because mm-hmm. what we're doing in studying the word, that's worship. What we're doing when we're studying in prayer, when we're fellowshipping after Oasis, it's, yeah. it's all a part of worship. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's key to note that <clears throat> it all could be a part of worship, mm-hmm. right? That's good. Yeah. That just to be yeah. in, in the service and just to engage in the activities does not mean we're engaging in worship. That's true. So what does it look like? What's the difference between that, yeah. between I'm actually engaging and this is a worshipful moment for me, or mm-hmm. I'm just here listening to a sermon? Yeah, I think it comes back to heart and intentionality of if you're just here to check the boxes and be physically present, but not engaged with God spiritually and and in how you um, bring yourself to that corporate gathering, if if that's not giving honor and glory to God, if you're just sitting there and staring at the screen, but you never sing or you never engage, you're not even thinking about the words, um, or you're not listening during the sermon or, you know, whatever, like that's, you're there at the worship service, but are you internally heart, mind, and soul worshiping as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think jumping back to Keller's definition, it's uh, like it's touching on that piece of where it engages your entire being. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, I can just sing, but if that's not engaging the being of like my heart or my mind or something, I'm just singing words, that can be a different level of worship than the person who is maybe just standing there not singing anything, but they're mm-hmm. engaging with the lyrics in their mind and in their heart yeah. and engaging in worship in that way. I think yeah. that's a cool distinction you make because yeah. <clears throat> I don't even know if in my mind I would have jumped to you can sing the songs but yet still not be worshiping. And yeah. of course you can. Like If you're mm-hmm. not engaged in it, if it just becomes the words on a screen to you, mm-hmm. then that's not worship because we're yeah. not our entire being's not in that. Yeah. Another question I want to ask, <clears throat> if we're going to hold this... Va- this uh, Timothy Keller definition, he says, we can ascribe ultimate value to something or someone. Whereas mm-hmm. the first definition talks specifically at, from Oxford about uh, it's being towards a deity. So mm-hmm. like using this second definition, is it possible to worship things that aren't God? Well, I think we get back to um, the command of don't, wor- don't worship idols. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. idols, when we think about idolatry and what what can be an idol that can be anything from our phone to social media to relationships to a deity Hmm. like and so i think keller even (laughs) takes the definition even further and kind of broadens it a little bit to really think about okay what are we giving value to Hmm. and so when we get back to this whole conversation of worship as a lifestyle is is when we're walking throughout life what is our life giving value to yeah yeah that's so good because but is it wrong to like give value to like the relationship I hold? No. So then where's the line in that? <laughs> well, it's I think it's also getting to that question of ultimate value. Mm-hmm. And like when you think Priorities. on your list of your life and you what's at the top of that list? Yeah. Like is that God or is um, that a significant other? Or is it your job? Or is it your career or your major or whatever it may be? It's thinking through, okay, what what gets that ultimate value that Keller talks about. That's good. That's super Mm -hmm. good. And so, yeah, we can worship, yeah, celebrities, I think, is one that's like looking looking at the astro world stuff that's been going down. Like that's probably an act of idolatry worship and like what happened there that we don't want to make light of and we continue to be prayerful in. But it's an act of worship in a way that's not meant to be worship. Like Mm -hmm. when they rush the stage just because he asked them to or when they 
are willing to stamp or stomp over people and people die in that setting, it's because, I mean, we're not, there's an unhealthy thing going on there. And yeah. as a culture, mm-hmm. I think that's a, that's a high point of it. But mm-hmm. I, I hope it helps challenge us and look at all of how we decide to ascribe worth to things. Yeah. And is, is all of that, is that okay too? And so mm-hmm. the way we, we view any celebrity, our phone, any TV show, the way we use our time, anything like that. Yeah. yeah it's really good. Mm-hmm. Coming back to just this idea of worship to God, how do we begin, if, if the podcast is worship as a way of life, yeah. if it's beyond Sunday morning, if it's, it's, if it's not just a church service thing, how do we do that? What does it look like to live lives of worship? Yeah, well, I mean, again, working from that Timothy Keller description that it engages our entire being. And so as we live lives of worship, how is it in that everything we do, we do, we are ascribing worth to God? Um, every single second of the day, every single aspect of who we are gives worth and honor and glory to God. And we've listed out just to click a couple um like sub topics to top in that. Yeah. I'm sure we'll jump around, but I'll start with how do we honor and ascribe worth to God in our work? And so if you look at Colossians 3, uh, verses 23, it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Um, and have we done a podcast where we've talked about work? Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember if it was a podcast or if yeah, it was in a, another meeting. But, is, but... but yeah, go find that podcast where we talk about how significant is it that as you work in your job, um, your career, whatever avenue you may be in at the time that is what you're doing, giving honor and glory to God. And how are you working with all your heart as if you're working for the world, for God, (laughs) Um, and not just for human masters? So clarify this for me. So say I'm at Walmart getting a shift in, and like (laughs) I'm six hours deep into an eight-hour shift. I don't really want to be there. Like, are you telling me I got to start praying as I walk through <laughs> the aisles or like singing worship songs to the people or start sharing the gospel. Is that what you mean by like worship and work? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you probably could do that. Maybe you do that in your head, but, but worshiping through your work can be giving your best effort in everything you do. Mm-hmm. Um, if you work at Walmart, extending grace and love and kindness to customers, even some of the most disgruntled, but that yeah. can be honoring and glorifying to God can even be in the conversations that you have with other coworkers and what you do and don't engage with. Mm-hmm. Like it's everything, not yeah. just singing songs and praying. There you go. Those things are great too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's again, I think getting in like, where's your like mental headspace as yeah. you're serving that shift at Walmart? Like, are you approaching it? But, oh, this is, um, just a job to get some extra bucks, but it, it is, but at the same time, also you, you have this opportunity where everything that we do in life, as scripture says, like we can do it just from that mindset of, oh, we're doing this, um, to, to make some money or doing mm-hmm. it, um, so that our boss doesn't get upset with us or whatever, but we can also do it with this perspective of, oh, God's put me in this situation, this circumstance, I can use my giftings to the best of my ability, um, with the help of the spirit to make an impact mm-hmm. even in a Walmart shift. For sure. Yeah, and, and I think people get confused and they think it's easier with health, like care professions, yeah. like hospital settings, pastor settings, counselors, even like teachers. Like it's easy to see like the relational component and see that as how I can use that as worship because I'm pointing people towards Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like there's something about 
like stocking the shelves well and doing yeah. going and beyond what you're what you've been asked or like serving a meal well at a restaurant or like mm-hmm. crunching the numbers well as an account yeah. like or all, cleaning the bathroom yeah like, like all of that top to yeah. bottom every single job can be an act of worship if mm-hmm. we're willing to do it like colossians 323 says with the right heart and the right mindset yeah right and attitude like in all of oh, them yeah, like absolutely. when you're stocking your shelves maybe someone just sees you for a quick second but if you're respectful to other people nearby or something like that but then i think another thing even is like while you're doing that like what's constantly like again that mental headspace of what's running through your mind is it completely i just don't want to be here Mm -hmm. or are you thinking something that always i see is like sometimes when i go to church on sunday or oasis or something like uh, a worship song gets stuck in my head mm. and then like mm. throughout the week it kind of continues to reappear and reappear yeah, yeah. and you can continually like sing that through your head or like um the song like build my life like continuing like thinking give like, us a little bit no i'm <laughs> just kidding <laughs> no. you thought about it for a second <laughs> nope and just like through your in and everyday lifestyle thinking back to that like back mm-hmm. to that like um verse where it's like pray continually pray constantly yeah. like every second of your being let it bring worship mm-hmm. yeah. and i remember the other day i was calling the utility company which anytime <laughs> you got to call one of those numbers i don't know about the you source, but i like dread yeah. it because i'm yeah. like i know i'm gonna have to click a couple numbers to even even get to a person and then once <laughs> i get to a person hold. probably they're not going to be very kind i always try know? to find an online chat box first. really <laughs> That's I don't a good know. Idea. I just I like the person. I want to get to the person, but I I usually when you get there, you're less than thrilled with the customer service you get. However, the person on the other end of that line was incredible. Whoever's <laughs> at Brookings Utilities, lock them up there because they are they are the best at their job. They should never leave. But she was so kind and so considerate and so helpful. Mm. And I don't know if she was a Christian. But if I'm a coworker to her and I see mm-hmm. that's the way she answers the phone, even though that's maybe what she does all day long, just answer the phone, yeah. like that left an impact on me as just mm-hmm. the caller. I can't even imagine in that workplace what kind of uh, yeah. that does to the people Positive around Positive influence, yeah. What's another one? What's another way we can live lives of worship? I think in our relationships, looking at Genesis 126 and just thinking about how all of mankind, we were made in God's image. And so we're we were made to live lives that glorify God, that reflect God, that reflect him to the rest of the world. And that applies in our relationships, not just romantic relationships, but Mm. also relationships with strangers, with people in our schools, with people in our workplaces, Um, whether it's people you have known for the past five minutes or you've known um, for 10 years, just thinking of how do you treat them? It reflects something. It reflects Mm -hmm. something about... um, who you are, but also as believers, as Christians, when we act, like we are held to the standard that if we're a professing believer, like they tie how we act to, um, mm-hmm. to, to Christianity, to, Christianity yeah. to God. And so we have to think through that of like, we can either, you know, glorify and build up the kingdom in our relationships, or we can have a ne- negative in- impact yeah. and take yeah. some pieces away. Yeah. That, that's key because... I think it's easy when it's like the people you like. Yeah. And the people you're in relationship sure, with. Yeah. yeah, you know, like your family, your friends, just but I love how you said like strangers. Yeah. You know, when you see them as image bearers, people made in the image of God created, you should see them, even if they're not in Christ, as somewhat brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. as part of creation with you, that it changes the way we interact with them in order mm-hmm. to as- ascribe worth to who God is. Right. And sometimes yeah. you get in that really that mental space again where you're like, Oh, they're strangers, I'm 
checking out, going through McDonald's drive-thru or something. I'm going to see them, talk to them, never see them again. Hmm. Or like when you're taking a road trip, like I'm never going to go through <laughs> the middle of Iowa and stop here ever again or something like that. And so just thinking through that even beyond that, you can have an impact on them that you may never mm-hmm. know about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was listening to, I think it was a podcast a couple of weeks ago, but it was a guy talking about the dehumanization of people essentially mm-hmm. but he was talking about the machine of he ah, gosh what was the word he used he was like machinification of people <laughs> so like when we go through the grocery line checkout we're so used to self-checkout or like mm-hmm. different ways like that where we don't really have to interact with people that sometimes when we get stuck and we have to go through like the person line we still treat them the same way we put mm-hmm. our groceries up there we don't talk to them we let them scan them we pay our card we grab our we receipt leave, we yeah. leave and like there's no human interaction there mm-hmm. or the same thing with the drive through like the person speaking to me through a box, like we're so used to hearing animated voices through phones and such that we don't realize, oh, that's probably a person on the other end. And so we pull up to the window, we hand them our card, we grab our food, we drive away. Mm-hmm. And like this human interaction we're supposed to have is so much less than that because we just treat people like machines. Yeah. That's convicting. What, what a cool what a cool <laughs> way though, if, like yeah. to show worship is to just engage yeah. people as humans again. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like have a short conversation with like they're busy, so don't be yeah. like the Christian who who comes in. He's like, you got twenty minutes to talk about the gospel between these Big Macs. Like, they don't have that, you know. But, but you can still treat them and just ask yeah. them, hey, how long you worked here? You like working here? Like, you, simple kindness. Simple yeah. kindness. Yeah, and then it is worship and just helping them to see themselves mm-hmm. as, as someone made in the image of God, so even if they don't actually quite grasp like the language or the connection. Like, just helping mm-hmm. them see that they do have a worth beyond themselves. Yeah. So good. The next one we'll talk about is just how in worship we can use our time, our energy, our talents, and our treasures. So Proverbs 11, verses 24 through 25 say, One person gives freely yet gains even more. Another holds unduly but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. And obviously there's a balance in that we need to use some of this for ourselves in some kind of self-care and because we're not good to anyone else we're not good, good to ourselves and so if you don't take time to rest if you don't take time to renew if you don't save in order to to provide for yourself or, or those kind of things that's not what we're talking about but it's when you hoard all of that the proverb is telling you that that actually leads to poverty that that doesn't lead to prospering but it actually doesn't lead to refreshing and it's like It'd be, I've always, I've heard the analogy that as people, we should be pipes and not pails. And so mm. God gives to us either time or talents or energy or treasures or money or these such. And he wants it to flow through us generously to others. But oftentimes we act as pails. And so we just collect that which God is giving us. And so mm. once we reach the limit of our pail, God doesn't want to give God doesn't give us anything more because we're full and tapped out. But if you're a pipe, as you continuously give to others, God continuously gives to you. And so there's this idea of prosperity in the sense of God is, yes, trying to bless you so that you can bless others. And so to live a life of worship is to give your time away to people, to love them and to care for them, to give some of that energy away to people, to give them your talents, give those talents to the local church. Like if you're a musician, why aren't you part of the worship team? If you're a, mm-hmm. uh, if you're gifted at communication, like why aren't you a part of leading a small group? Like those kind of things. Like if you like kids, why you like you serve <laughs> kids ministry? There you go. Like shameless plug. Yeah, yeah. perfect. And, and just fin- financially, like mm. one Look out for needs around you. Yeah. Like, if you have a friend who's hurting financially, like, what's it look like for you to just support them? Not for sake of pride, but just to love them and care mm-hmm. for them and show worship to God that, God, I love you so much that I'm willing to give away money that I've probably worked hard for to this person in order for that they would better know you and love you. And yeah, so. Yeah. What else do you guys think? What other ways? 
I, I don't really have anything to add to that. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, no, you can move oh, on. Oh, you want to move on. Okay, so we're moving on. Um, so the next one we're looking at is just how we can worship through our thoughts and through our words. And so Second Corinthians 10.5 um, just talks about this way of, as and we just demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And so just thinking through the ways, again, a little bit of talking through that of, oftentimes one of the biggest battlegrounds that like Satan wants to hang out is in our heads and in yeah. our thoughts. And so way the way that you, when we let worship become a w- lifestyle rather than a Sunday morning or a Sunday night kind of thing, it begins when it s- becomes worship a part of every day, every second. Again, it's thinking through of um, that's a great reason to get into the word, to get into scriptures, to have like verses that are in your heart that are constantly coming to your head when, you know, Satan's trying to get on your nerves, trying to take captive of your thoughts, um, worship songs that keep coming back or um, something like that. When you have those things to look towards, like that can be the center. Yeah, no, even just to rebuke that, which is not true in your mind. You know, Mm -hmm. how many times a day do we just think thoughts that just aren't true? And we can't feed that. You got to be able to take it captive. You got to rebuke it, demolish it is the language Paul uses here. And yeah, that's so good. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, the words, you want to keep rolling with words? Yeah, yeah, I'll keep going. So then looking at words and looking at Ephesians 4.29, it says, And let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only that which builds up as fit the occasions that may give grace to those who hear. And so those are just thinking through of how much weight our words hold. Mm -hmm. And so, again, like, it's really easy to, like, snap or get angry at, like, slow service. Like, I personally, I'm a really impatient person. (laughs) And so, like, it's easy to think, oh, I can just get upset and not really have a long-term impact. But then, like, who's on the receiving side of that? Who's on the receiving end of my words? And always trying Mm -hmm. to think that... Yes, I say my words and I let go of them, but someone else might receive them and then hang on to them and not be able to, you know, dismiss them or they might take Mm -hmm. it personally or something like that. So just thinking that our words do hold a lot of weight. Yeah, and I I think so often we get caught up on the first half of the verse to not let corrupting talk come out of our mouth and we miss the second half, but only that which builds up as fits the occasion. And I think sometimes we we just lump a bunch of things into corrupting and, and don't pay attention to even some of the subtle things that aren't building up. Mm. Like you might say something that isn't vulgar or unkind or mean, but it may also not be building up. Yeah. And yep. I think that that's a huge thing that as a church, sometimes we often don't look at the whole sentence. Yeah. How much of our <laughs> language is in that yeah. middle area where it's not beating people up, but yeah. it's also not building them it's, up. Yeah. Oof. And that's... Great to wrestle with. <laughs> and to, to live a life of worship here is to make sure you're taking thoughts captive yeah. and you're speaking in a way that glorifies God. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it just becomes that worship that God is honored by the way we think and the way we act. Yeah. Lastly, we'll just talk physically that your body can be a temple of worship. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 through 20. He says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And so to physically worship, uh, to, to worship God physically can be in the worship space. You can get your hands up in the air. You mm-hmm. can put them out in front of you in a, in a posture of reception. You can get on your knees. You can close your eyes. Those are ways we can physically, tangibly, in a worship setting of church, 
worship and are physically, but also outside in everyday mm-hmm. life when we're living a life of worship. It just means are we eating well? Are we taking care of our bodies? Are we resting well? Are we getting some exercise? Are we staying physically active? Are we taking care of just all that it means to steward our bodies well? And that's mm-hmm. worship. That yeah. honor, honor and glorifies. Like, I, I just can imagine, and I don't know if I've ever had this conversation, <laughs> but you see someone who's like, pretty like strict in like their diet or like pretty like consistent in a healthy way of working out both of these in healthy ways because they can be very unhealthy too but if you find someone you're like hey why do you do that like most of the time you're gonna hear like well i'm passionate about it like i like Mm -hmm. it it makes me feel good and that's like kind of all a little bit selfish not necessarily wrong like Mm -hmm. i get that but it's a little bit selfish what if someone said you know what i actually work out and i eat well because i'm trying to glorify god that's cool. Yeah. I think that would say something to the other people around or anybody who asked that question. Mm-hmm. So, And then just, again, thinking about the way that we take care of ourselves, again, impacts yeah. those around us. And, like, it's easy to have, like, a selfish kind of mindset about you, even your own body. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like, oh, I'm not going to wor- go work out today. It's not that big a deal. Yeah. Or, oh, I can, you know, do this or do that, even though it's not necessarily treating yourself the best way possible. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, every March, every April, I get really into body self-care because, you know, summer's coming up and, <laughs> you know, so I'm really in those months trying to worship God with my body really well. And so, I'm Brennan, remember where you're speaking. <laughs> but I am serious in that if you go to the gym and you don't wear a Jesus t-shirt, then is it worship? Like, Yikes. Okay, I'm kidding again. What if I listen to Christian music? Yeah. Oh, there you go. I'll just bring a JBL and I'll just set it next to my weights and I'll blast Hillsong while I'm working out. And Hillsong Young and Free. Yeah. Yeah. Then it, then it doesn't matter and if I'm dressed like, modestly in the gym. Instead but. of like grunting when you lift, you just do like the worship call things oh. they do in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amen. Oh, gosh. Yikes. I got That'd be so cringy. <laughs> That'd be Instagram famous for, for so sure, fast for sure yeah. there'd be so many christian fans oh yeah but maybe someone would come to know jesus through that so if you're feeling that conviction don't <laughs> let us and our humor stop you but i wish maybe, you could see nathan's face maybe, he's so fed up maybe with process us. that with uh, someone in your community before you end up doing that but here's oh, the thing boy. worship as a way of life is central to the christian idea that it becomes so much more than just mm-hmm. one one hour a week that every, what does Steve say? It's like, oh, the under 140,000 hours. Uh, I don't know. No, I don't there. know. But this lead pastor here says something about all the hours we spend in a year, and so many of them are not in the church setting. And so mm-hmm. in the church setting, worship can be this place. It can be this catapult, this catalyst that sends us into lives of worship so mm-hmm. that the majority of our lives that are spent outside the church walls also glorify God and point people to Him. Yeah. Anything else to add? I don't think so. That was a nice little short one. encompassed yeah. it all. That was good. I was, I'm happy to chat with you guys. <laughs> oh, it's fun. to be here. But we will catch you next time. We love you. If you need something... Hit us up. Yeah. Bye. Bye.